0: Hello and welcome back. This is now Season 2, and this is Episode 1, Connection, Time, Healing, and Separation. I titled it this way because there's a little bit of everything included in this podcast um, regarding those things. So I think I first want to talk a little bit about Emma's biological father, you know, I had talked about in a previous episode that she stayed in contact with him for several years, um, and they wrote back and forth, they wrote letters back and forth, but those letters had to be translated, um, to him and to her. He would only write her in German, um, She would only write him in English, and um, he would get someone to translate the letters to him, as well as she would get somebody to translate the letters to her. And in the final letter that she received from her father, Carl, her biological father, Carl, um, he had made a comment in that letter, that she should, Emma should talk with her should talk with her mom, that he really didn't believe that Emma was his daughter. He had some doubts. And so given that, um, Emma wrote her letter to Christine. Now, Emma and Christine had not talked for a few years, and uh, she only heard things about Christine through her sister Trisha because Christine stayed in contact with Trisha. Um, and so, at that point, um, Emma wrote a letter to Christine and explained what her biological father had said, and asked Christine to please be honest with her and tell her the truth. If there was any doubt in her mind that Carl was not her biological father, please be honest and tell her the truth. Christine's last letter back to Emma before she passed, um, she wrote in the letter that he was definitely her biological father. And she didn't understand why he was not claiming her as his own child. Um, and so, given that, Emma took that answer and just accepted it for what it was. She felt like, in the end, I mean, he was getting much older. He had had severe health issues, a lot of heart issues, and a lot of heart surgeries. And she felt like, For him to kind of disown her and act as though that she wasn't his daughter um, was very disheartening to Emma. It was very hurtful. It was very, it was just a sad thing. And um, for Christine, her biological mother, to confirm that that was her father, and there was no doubt in her mind that that was her father, she never reached back out to Carl again, and uh that's been many, many years now. Carl is probably deceased um his health wasn't good, and um like i like I said, and um she has not tried to find him again and try to reach out um and shortly after Emma received the letter back from christine, uh Christine died probably within a year or so of her receiving that last letter. Um, So I want to say that, you know, a lot of times time heals all wounds, right? It's a very common saying that time heals all wounds, but sometimes time does not heal all wounds. Sometimes it's it's the effort that you put forth to heal those wounds yourself. And it really does not have a lot to do with time. Yes, time can ease the pain. Time can help you figure it out and figure out how to process and deal with the pain of what you're dealing with or what you're going through. And, um, But not necessarily does it heal. It's the work and the effort that you have to put forth to make it heal for yourself. And so we're going to move on a little bit more about um, and talk a little bit now about um, Trisha's adoptive parents. Emma never met them. And Emma did have a conversation with um, Trisha's mom. Um, She had called to speak with Trisha. Uh, Trisha was home visiting her adoptive parents at the time, and she had called, but um, Trisha wasn't home, and her mom had answered the phone. And her mom engaged Anna in a conversation that was was, uh, blatantly uh, discriminatory. And when I say that, um, just some of the things that her mom said to Emma, um, were like, you know, Trisha's never been exposed to anybody like you before. And when Emma dug a little bit deeper, the response was that Trisha's always come from grown up and and come from nice neighborhoods and went to great schools and had friends who lived in nice homes and um, were pretty well-to-do off and that um she's always she's never wanted to you know want for anything or struggle for anything because her mom and dad had financially made sure that she was secure and um that she lived a pretty sheltered life and wasn't exposed to people who had come from difficult backgrounds or homelessness or um struggled to make ends meet. Um and Emma's response was, I don't understand how you can judge someone and not understand what they may have gone through in their life. Um and in the end Emma realized it was a protection tactic. It was a way that uh, Trisha's mom could protect her from me or try to protect her from me. Um, Emma did have a conversation with Trisha after that conversation with her mother and said, you know, I felt like I was being judged on my socioeconomic value, um, where I came from, my history, my background. And, you know, Trisha said, one of the reasons I haven't brought you home to meet my family because that's how they are. And, um, you know, Trisha and Emma talked for quite some time about that. And uh, Trisha stated that she did, she did not take her mom's point of view and that she had friends when she was in high school and growing up that ne- not necessarily came from nice neighborhoods. And that they struggled with financial difficulties as well. And she just never brought them home to meet her parents. um, And so, therefore, her parents were not aware. And so, you know, given that it was something that, you know, Emma had to kind of deal with. she had, She internalized a lot of that. And she... She felt like she was not accepted, like it was, you know, they were judging her um, based on her background, not where she was at in her life at that point. And it was a really, really uh, difficult situation for Emma to try to process in the end, Emma wrote a nice long letter to Trisha's mom and mailed it and explained to Trisha's mom how she felt about some of the things that were said to her. But she also explained that, you know, she did a wonderful job raising a daughter that didn't always share the same views as her and that, you know, she was happy that Trisha accepted her and she was glad that she could have a relationship with her regardless of what her mom may feel. And she said, you know, you've obviously instilled some good traits in her um, and I appreciate those because she's not judgmental at all. And um, that was kind of Emma's way of, you know, letting Trisha's mom know that, you know, hey, you can judge me if you want, but it doesn't change anything. Uh, Emma, it was still, you know, moving forward with her life, trying to do the best that she could and get herself stable and processing all the trauma that she had been through and dealing with everything that she was dealing with. And this was just another thing that she would confront in her life um, and deal with and move forward from. Um, So I also want to reiterate the fact that a lot of families that have adopted children also try to protect them from their biological family or siblings or anybody that comes back into their life that um, they don't really know anything about. And this is a lot of times, this happens, they, this is how they protect them, by judging and making comments such as that. Um, and it's not always easy for the biological child who wants to have a connection with their siblings or uh, you know parents or whoever the case may be, um, any relatives, sometimes there's a lot of judgment passed down, and they use it as a as a front kind of to protect their child, um, and not and just not allowing them to make the choices for themselves and learn from themselves. So this is something that quite frequently, um, again, does happen when biological families are found or tried to be reunited. Um thank God though when this happened with Emma, she was in her thirties, early thirties, uh and maybe mid thirties, maybe thirty five, uh, 34, 35, and, you know, Patricia, her her sister, um, was approximately twenty-eight, twenty-nine years old, somewhere around there. And so they were old enough to make decisions for themselves and decide if they wanted to have a relationship with each other. Um, but Trisha never like took the same views as her parents. Um, and Emma was thankful for that. She wanted to have a relationship with her sister. Um, her sister was also diagnosed with a d h d um and you know she learned a lot about what her sister struggled with through her childhood and growing up and um she found out you know that um it was very difficult for her sister Trisha to focus on something long term um she had went to school for several years um but never really focused on one particular degree. Um, there were certain things that she loved, like theater and history, and things like that and um she really focused on those types of classes um, and so you know there were quite a few things that Trisha and Emma talked about um within their relationship and Um, Trisha again was very open minded, um, willing to accept Emma for who she was. And even though she had been through a difficult life, um, and traumatized, she accepted her, you know, and didn't judge her. So, uh, that was a good thing. Um, the next thing I kind of want to talk about, um, and, This is something that, um, you know, will take place probably in another episode. I'll talk a little bit more about it. But for now, I just want to um, talk about this at this point in time um, and talk about how... uh, Emma kind of felt about not being able to meet Trisha's parents um and feeling like she wasn't accepted or good enough. Um, that kind of messed with her emotional stability a little bit. And she really kind of had a hard time coming to terms with that. She talked with her therapist about it on numerous occasions. Um and she tried to understand the sheltered life that Trisha had been living and had come through. Um, she tried not to take it personal um, and learned that, you know, people are going to judge regardless of, of what you have done with your life and how you've turned it around or how you processed something and how you've gotten better. People will still judge you. And it doesn't matter. It, it will happen. And um, you could prove them wrong till you're blue in the face. But if they have a particular point of view of you and they don't want to change that or don't want to adapt it to your current situation and how you are in that moment and how you deal with things and um, how you process things and how you're living your life at that point in time, then that's their loss. And um, it's not very easy at times for um, a biological child that's been adopted to try to reconnect with their biological family, um, or a child that's been adopted trying to connect with their biological family. Um, we often think about, you know, it should be a happy experience and love and overwhelming joy and just a lot of things should happen when we reconnect with biological siblings or parents. Um, but a lot of times it just doesn't end that way. And, um, you know, Emma's Emma's last letter to her dad and him writing back saying that he really didn't believe that that, that she was his child and that she should question her mom. And she went through that process and, you know, the last letter to her mom, you know, this, a lot of this caused separation. So a lot of it was inflicted upon Emma, um, and Emma was not really given a choice, um, but Emma did the best that she could with the information that she had. And she did the best that she could processing with what she knew how to do and, um, you know again it wasn't it wasn't easy for her um she again felt kind of isolated she felt kind of alone uh kind of not accepted um approved of um being judged on her background and her history um and again not where she was at that moment in time in her life so this happens to a lot of people throughout their lives and sometimes, you know, Emma can remember when she was adopted and she, her grandma and grandpa, um, she remembers them, uh, quite frequently. Um, her adopted grandma and grandpa, her grandfather was on one of the first ships that ever went through the Panama canal. He met like movie stars, like Bing Crosby and Marilyn Monroe. And, um, he got to, Again, traveled on the first ship that ever went through the Panama Canal, and um, really, really um, was able to um, enjoy his life as a young man. And he had so many stories that he shared with Emma. Um, and her, her adopted grandmother was just a kick in the pants. She was, she was tough. She was, um, you know just a short little lady, but she had a strong exterior and she didn't tolerate any crap. And one of the things that she always used to tell Emma is that when people judge you or when life is hard and it will be, and it won't be easy. And Emma always remembered this, that life is difficult sometimes. And when it's hard and it's not easy, you just pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you keep on going. And she remembered her grandmother telling her that. And her grandmother, Marilyn, was, uh, you know, a wonderful woman, very loving, very kind. And her grandfather, Robert, um, really, really um, was a nice gentleman. He he used to tell her all these stories about his time in the military and, and, you know, going, working the ships in the Panama Canal and all that and all that stuff. And it was exciting to, for her to hear. And I think if we take the time sometimes to slow down and hear, you know, experiences from our elders that we learn something, we learn something maybe we never knew before. We learn how to show more compassion and more empathy and more kindness towards people. And sometimes we don't. But I have learned in my, my life, and it's been my experience, and it's been Emma's experience that, you know take the time to listen and take the time to really truly hear somebody's stories or their experiences you'd be really surprised at how much you can learn how wonderful and you know joyful and and just great feelings you can get from somebody else's story take the moment to step outside of your own sometimes stepping outside of your own and and you know kind of delving in someone else's story it's just a great release, and it's like you know, it's like living some freedom and getting you know, getting to out of your own mind sometimes. So, um, I think that's what I'm gonna do at this point. I'm gonna stop uh, this podcast, um, at the end, and um, I'm sure that I'll have some things in the next, you know, in the footnotes to kind of catch up on, um. There's a lot of other things that happened in the future uh, with Emma and her brother and her sister. There'll be other things that'll be talked about. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about um, Christine's death and um, what a great loss that was to her and how that transpired and how she found out about that and um, how, how difficult it was for her to process that. Um, she never got a chance to make an amends with Christine and, um, you know, she often regrets that till this day. So, you know, there's some things that need to be talked about and told. Um, but, you know, also there's a, there's a lot to be said for, um, just accepting, taking the time to heal making connections and accepting that sometimes people separate from us in our lives. Sometimes people move on. You know, they have this saying that sometimes people are there for a reason or a season or a lifetime. And, um, you know, I truly believe that people come into our lives for a reason. Uh, sometimes they stay for a lifetime. Sometimes they stay temporarily, sometimes maybe a year or two, but they're there to teach us something. They're there to teach us a lesson. They're there to teach us that, you know, we need to open our eyes. Maybe there's something that we're not getting or we're not recognizing. And I think a lot of times I've developed connections with people and then they've kind of went by the wayside or distance grows in between. And you often wonder what happened and why. And and then I have you know, have connections from childhood that uh people that I still talk to um from grade school, from high school. And um, you know, that's a great thing too, to be able to have those lifelong, long term connections, long time connections. And um, you know, some of them are at face value, some of them are, you know, superficial connections, and some of them are deep connections. And so I just think it's important that we understand that sometimes people are in our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And um, we make the best of it um, when we have it in our lives and enjoy it and appreciate it. And when somebody walks out of your life or somebody you know decides they don't want you in theirs, um, you just have to learn the lesson that's being taught to you. There's There's some lesson there to learn. And take that negative feeling and turn it into a positive. On that note, I'm going to close. And I want to say thank you so much for listening in and uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, listen every week. Um, I did take last week off. I needed just some downtime. And um, I might do that again in the future. I don't know. But um, I needed that. And so, um, be good to yourself. You know, show yourself some kindness and some grace. Um, you know, none of us are perfect and life is a, you know, a lifelong learning experience. You know, we, we will continue to learn probably until the day we die. So uh, just be open to it and uh, do what's best for you. If you need help, if you need to reach out to somebody, please call your local crisis line, 988, or reach out to a community member, a friend, family member, or even a complete stranger. And uh, don't be afraid to share your feelings. Please talk about it. Mental health its awareness is so important. And uh, please take care of yourself. And um, I'll look forward to working on episode two of, of season two um, next week. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.